Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Thor Ragnarok. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John. Hello there. I should do Jim oh. Kenobi actually. Ooh. <laughs> there's too much space in between. <laughs> Stick with Flow there. It's fine. Uh, how are you this Sorry. week? I'm good. Just really happy. It's it's summer. We get to go out. It's 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 nice again. No more stupid rain or something like that. I, yeah, I'm really happy. You? Pretty good. I just got my braces off, so I'm living a new life. Ah, uh, yes. That is <laughs> joy. It truly is. So, Thor Ragnarok, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Ah, uh, so basically this is another installment in the Marvel franchise where Thor... Uh, has to stop the um, massive uh, end to Asgard or do, Ragnarok. Do you want to just pull up the synopsis? Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, right. So, oh, basically, right. uh, Thor, he... Um, uh, shit, fuck. Okay. <clears throat> Deprived of this mighty hammer, Mjolnir. Mjolnir? <laughs> I'm so sorry if I can't say his name right. Mjolnir. Thor must escape the other side of the universe to save his home, Asgard, from Hela, the goddess of death. Oh, okay. So Ooh. spoilers from here on out. We're just going to be talking about the film. This, this is our final Thor film before Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, what boy. do you think? It's interesting because, you know, after a few years of not seeing Thor Ragnarok is really experienced because first, can we just talk about the music? Because the music, <laughs> the music was just so weird. Like oh, the music. Led Zeppelin. I- what? I, it's honestly, I know people like immigrant song and the way it's used in the action scenes. Yeah. But I don't like it. I think it's really jarring. It doesn't really hold yeah. any particular weight or meaning. And I think those scenes would be so much cooler if they used the Thor theme. Like we'd spoken about yes. this uh, when we did uh, yes. For the Dark World. But yes, but we, um, they should have kept that f- first theme. And that is so prevalent. I don't know if you noticed, but in the final scene of the film, they use the theme from the first Thor. Oh. Yeah. So when Thor sits on his throne and Heimdall says, so King of Asgard, where to? They play that beautiful Sons of Odin theme. And I got chills everywhere. And it's probably my favorite scene in the movie because... I mean, they. I mean, yes, they do cut to a. They they cut away to a joke, but like for that brief moment, they let those emotions sit, and like it's yeah, it's amazing. I really do. I really do love how they handled that scene, and yeah, I I really like. I don't mind that this film is like all like a lot of techno music, but I wish that I you know I I wish that it was more. I wish that they'd have kept. Patrick Doyle or his motifs from the first film and carried mm. them through the franchise. I agree. Yeah, he had that really strong theme and, you know, with the score, it was done beautifully in Thor. But yeah, it, it, Led Zeppelin, yeah, as you said, it's a weird choice. Like at the beginning, like fighting all those demons in Musafheim or fighting Surtur. Like, okay. I mean, it was trying to do the Guardians route, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Like the mixtape and everything, like that's a strong mm. way. Like because he's got the cassette, he's got like all the tunes, and that's a great way. But it's like Suicide Squad. Yeah, it is very similar. A lot of this film is a reactionary thing to other parts of the MCU. Like they added so much more comedy into it because that kind of thing worked in Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, and they made it kind of all like spacey and stuff. Again, because of the popularity of that stuff. 
And I think that the film loses its identity through that. It loses the grandiosity of the first Thor, the kind of Shakespearean, like, nature of, like, these gods. And they kind of just, like, I don't mind the idea of them bringing them down a level. Like, Thor loses Mjolnir, that's an interesting concept. But what we're doing is we're taking away all of its originality and making it so much more formulaic. And I think the final product is pretty average, really. It's not a strong Marvel film. Like, if you want to get into, like, the lore, like, there are 23 movies you want to get inside of, like, everything you want to know about the Infinity Saga. Oh, my God. And, like, you just want to be so interested. It's like a weak bridge, you know? Like, you're building a bridge, and you want to connect those to Infinity War. And then, at the end, there's a show, like, a post credit scene of Loki and Thor seeing Thanos' ship. And like, oh, okay, that's that's how we're gonna do it. And it's such a weird turn. If you if you put like Thor Ragnarok, it's like a comedy movie, and then it just goes dark really quickly. I mean, it's good like to explore all the comical elements with um, Loki and Thor. It's a bit strange. I don't know. It's it's a strange film. This the film definitely was set up to be more interesting than it was in the first twenty minutes. We basically rifle through so many things. We introduce and then defeat Serta, who isn't then mentioned at all until the end. We give a brief introduction to Scourge. We we, we wrap up the Loki as Odin plotline. We have Doctor Strange in there for a, for a cameo that is pretty boring, to be honest. And then they kill off Odin. And then once you get to Sakaar, the film actually kind of takes a breather. And even back when I watched this in 2017, I was thinking that very, like the, the opening of this film, the first act, it goes through so much and it and it doesn't stop to kind of like consider any implications for the characters or even like any emotional moments. The only time they stop for it is Odin's death, which is probably one of the best scenes of the film because they don't just cut to like something comedic. They let the, that moment sit. And I think that one of the things that is disappointing about the film is how it just kind of ignores some of the things that were set up. Even in Age of Ultron, Thor goes off to find the Infinity Stones. And then in this film, he's like, I looked for some, I didn't find any. It's like, oh, okay. It could have been a lot more interesting than that, but they just kind of dropped it. Yeah, I wish that it was really interesting to see, like, imagine this, Ragnarok, it was caused by Thanos. You know, like, he was trying to go with the Infinity Stones. That would be really interesting. But I wish it was more focused on, like, the Asgardian or the Norse mythology side to Ragnarok. I mean, it kind of did with, like, Surtur and Thor losing his eye. I don't know, but... Um, I mean, it's funny that this film is called Ragnarok when Ragnarok it is. itself is kind of an afterthought. Like, it's brought up at the beginning in the opening five or so minutes, and then it comes back at the end in the closing, like, 15 minutes. Is that, like, oh, cool, it's Ragnarok time. But it's like, okay, I mean... <laughs> you don't say... It's Ragnarok time. Come on, man. It's, it's, oh my God. It sounds like <laughs> no, it's Morbin time. Like the film is just trying to do Planet Hulk, but, yeah. you know, it, it oh, yeah. can't because they don't have the rights to make a, a solo film with Hulk in it. But, you know, it's disappointing, really, because I feel like that itself is a bit of a waste of the concept. It was interesting to like add in Hulk in, into the film where he was mm. there like for five or ten minutes in the film where it's like mostly Bruce Banner all the way through. I just felt like there was too many things at once like, oh, Bruce escaped from Sokovia. We got Valkyrie. We got Loki. We got Thor. We got Hela. Oh, yeah. Hela was very overpowered. Uh, and then you've got, oh, 
Yeah, the the three, the Legend Three. I don't know what. Oh called. my god, the bloody Warriors Three. I'm sorry, but these are characters. Now they're nobody's biggest fans. Nobody loves them, but it Bruh. does feel yeah. so unceremonious and lazy just to kill them off like just like that genuinely why don't you have them in the narrative and at least m- try to make us like them before you just kill them thor doesn't even react he doesn't even get told that his best friends are killed like they just don't bother with any of that and yeah. i know that they're no one's favorite characters and that nobody really cared about it but at the same time like thor is largely unaffected by so much of this film like he barely is like affected by his father's death or by his hammer. Like after his hammer goes, we get two scenes where he, you know, struggles with his powers in the gladiator arena. And then again, at the end, like we should have had this, like, you know, think about Spider-Man two or Iron Man three, where the hero kind of has to work without their kind of main thing. And then this Thor loses his hammer, but like, that's it. And I want to point out as well that, you think about the entirety of the MCU. The next time we see Thor, that's when he gets Stormbreaker. It completely undoes his arc in this film, and it makes this film largely pointless. Like, what's the point of having him go through this arc that he frees the people of Asgard, and you know he becomes their king, and then like he le- he realizes he doesn't need his hammer, and he makes well with Loki, and then at the beginning of Infinity War, all of that is undone, like just immediately. Yeah, and you don't see like real character development. I mean, like it's very weak. In the film, if you know what I mean, like it's only shown through Thor seeing visions of Odin, just yeah. like you're not the god of hammers, you are the god of thunder, and that's a good one. I, I really like that, but it's just like it's very weak because it's just all the way through the film, it's just very comical and it's not like emotional at all. Like you don't get to see like Thor being very emotional, well, like Asgard or his friends, as you said, and it's not impactful. This film is is one of those times in the MCU where just comedy is such a priority. And Taika Waititi is not a bad director. Far from it. He's I think a great all director. Of his, yeah, I've yeah. seen all of his other films apart from Eagle versus Shark. And I think they're all incredible. But what's so good about them is that there's so much going on below the surface of the comedy. It's not just like about being funny. There is a melancholy to it and this silent like feeling of emptiness and he doesn't bring that to this film that i don't there's not a lot going on with the characters and i think you're right the scenes of odin are the best ones this film kind of nails odin but other than that all the characters feel like the same variant of tony stark like marvel will clearly like oh yeah people like tony stark let's make every character like in the opening scene we get thor delivering some exposition and then he says one funny line where he's like, Surtur, son of a bitch. And then we get the same joke of him turning around on the chains about three times. And then you get this epic moment where he catches the hammer, but it doesn't happen. And there are so many times in the film where they will build up an epic moment and then it, it won't happen. Like at the end when Bruce jumps off the ship and instead of him landing as the Hulk in this like glorious moment that really, you know, kind of does something for his arc, he just kind of slaps onto the bridge. It's the same joke they did in Incredible Hulk and it was completely predictable. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just very lazy, as you said. Yeah. And with Hela, like, she was a very strong villain, if you know what I mean. She was very overpowered in terms of, like, who she was. And it doesn't really explain about her backstory as much. Like, it's shocking because mm. this is supposed to be, like, Thor's sister. Throughout the film, Hela worked with Odin and, you know, like, oh my god, he's, like, taken over the, over the Nine Realms and yeah, and I wish they kind of explored that because it's supposed to be uh, emotional, you know, like he's fighting his sister. 
and they have like two different dogmas and they fight for different reasons and then it's just like the same fight at the end like in every movie just like oh two gods fighting each other or like you know like one division or anything like that and it's a very two-dimensional villain i agree with you like it's it's really interesting uh, what she's saying and the revelations that she puts forward but she she tells scourge about this whole thing and then like that's it we don't then get anything else about that like we don't get any elaboration and thor never even like properly finds out he just sees like the mural in the ceiling that's about it really like they don't really go into that and they should like what makes Thanos and Loki the best villains of the MCU? It's because there's more to them just being evil. There's tragedy behind them. They have like their own insecurities and there is so much sadness behind them. And Hela doesn't have that. Like, is she sad that she was cast aside? Does she have anything in her apart from anger? Like not really. And none of that is makes her that compelling. Like, People say that phase three made better villains for the MCU. And I would largely agree, but I don't think Hell is one of them. She's better than Malachi because Kate Blanchett is having a great time. Hell, all the actors are doing a great job. Like they're all having loads of fun with it and they've all got some like decent comedic timing, but still like her character is so surface level. And as you said, she's really two dimensional. It's a very weak aim to it. Like what's the real goal? for at the end like to take over Asgard and you know the whole idea of Ragnarok I played God of War years ago and at the end of the game spoilers they had the idea of Ragnarok at the end and it's like the beginning of it and supposedly Ragnarok lasts for three years so they did like a different thing to Ragnarok in, in, in their own way. It's like three seconds, not three years. It's like they really could have it's like the beginning when Thor comes back and he's like Oh, I've been having dreams. So I went to check it out and I find the nine realms in chaos. Great. You want to show us that? Like, where Thor's is whole it? Thing, yeah, the whole, Thor's whole thing is that he wants to protect the nine realms. And in the entirety of like the Thor trilogy so far, we've seen, we've properly explored like what, three or four of them? And one of them's Earth. It's, you know, it's a bit, I mean, I appreciate but this film Bustle doesn't. Was that Bustle fine? I don't know. But, like... but, but, but what? Bustle oh, fine? Yeah, Serta, where he was living. Oh, in... right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sorry, what? Sorry. You mean you mean the green screen that Chris Hemsworth was standing on? <laughs> good, one, good one. Good one. I really like the, the, the it's not on Earth. Like, Sakaar is an interesting location. I like the colors of it all. Like, the film oh, is it's very vibrant. Yes. Yeah, the... Thankfully, this is the film that is completely different in, you know, terms of mise en scene. Like, it's so yes. refreshing to see. And I think this is the only film that I can think of that has vibrant colors in the MCU. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... Voldoc 2? Yeah, Voldoc 2. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. This feels cleaner. It feels more like a set, less than like an actual inhabited planet. And I tell you what, Asgard, though, like pour one out for Asgard. Oh. Visually, Asgard used to look beautiful. Think about the first Thor. Asgard was <laughs> golden and incredible in this beautiful place. Each time yeah. we've seen it, it's got less. And I don't even want to talk about Endgame. But in this film, it's so flat. Oh, like right. when Hulk says at the end, he's like, oh, I thought that it would have been nicer. And it's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like they don't even have it look bad because Hela is there. They just, it just looks bad in general. Like in those scenes, like any kind of like colors really goes out. The cinematography isn't doing anything special, but I do think that, you know, 
that like there are some cool action sequences i like it when the camera follows thor i wish that it wasn't also caked in cgi it's like we complained about this when we talked about the mcu spider-man films we talked about you know homecoming and far from home so much of it is just like covered in cgi and this is the same but like why don't we have a practical fight or something where the only thing that is cg it is cg is like the the lightning every time hella has a fight she just like looks like a CGI model. And I'm sorry, but she's the goddess of death. And all she does is shoot spikes at people. Like, come on, you got something else? Yeah. Can we just explore a bit more about how like what, what's her powers basically? Like she's got this giant dog. What's that about? The dog is basically just there so it can fight Hulk at the end. Oh boy, one CGI fight. Hulk's fine in this film. They don't he really can speak. Ex- he can speak. They don't really explore much about, you know, Banner and the Hulk and their relationship. They're just kind of, Hulk's there, and then Banner's there, and then Hulk's there. The whole idea of Valkyrie and Hulk, like their dynamic is interesting, but then there wasn't a huge shock reaction from Valkyrie and he turns out like, oh, so he was the Hulk. Yeah, she just kind of goes like, oh, okay. It's like, we don't really see, I mean, Valkyrie as well doesn't really do much to see she doesn't really have any yeah. arcs or anything like she just kind of decides to be good again like oh cool um, and another thing was that we we get to see the flashback working with the other valkyries and yes that's great i really like that yeah you know, like it was like so dark and so mm. different what we've seen and like it's a true flashback you know like nothing with lots of exposition and i really like that it was like really good visual storytelling but it was just there like what's that going to impact, you know, like fighting Valkyrie? Like what's Valkyrie going to fight against Hela? Does she fight Hela at the end? No, she just fights some skeletons and flying the ship. Yeah, I feel like that scene is really cool because it's really like operatic. And as you said, it's really visually interesting. I mean, it's a shame because this film delivers a lot of exposition very simply. It will just tell you things instead of showing them. And that is the one time that we get it shared to us. But then they don't really explore that. They do kind of on the surface. But again, it, it's it's not very interesting, is it? Like, I wish that it was so much more compelling. They could do some cool stuff, but they decided not to. Like, I know that Taika Waititi, you know, he's he's a very wacky dude. And so, you know, his filmmaking style is making all these jokes and, and these choices. Like, I really like the scene where... Odin's watching, he's got like a play which retells the ending of of the Dark World and like Luke Hemsworth is Thor and Matt Damon is Loki and Sam Neill is Odin. Like, brilliant. That's just really, really cool. Like, that's just fun. But then the jokes just, they just get so much that there's no space for character. There's no space for anything else. And like, this film is a fun ride, but there's nothing to it. There's nothing to chew on. And so I can't like, I don't have a whole lot of positive to expand on. I feel like on, a couch cause... potato when watching this film. Sorry to interrupt. Just no, yeah, no, that's, that's really it, isn't it? I mean, like, there's not really that much to go on. Like, I, I feel like I'm being so negative, but that's because there's not a whole lot to look into here. Another thing as well was Jeff Goldblum. What a guy. I think Taiki told him just to be yourself. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We said that we, I think we said this last week, but yeah, we talked um, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Jeff Goblin just plays the same character in everything. And yeah, he's fine in this, I guess. Like, sure. He has orgies. Sure. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. What else? Oh, yeah. Korg. Do you find him funny? No. I have this discussion with my friends about like Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I think it was a few years ago. 
and they go, mm. oh yeah, Cork's funny. I'm like, is he though? Like he's he, he's just he's a bunch of works. He just talks about what uh, what paper scissors jokes like. Okay, and he's got that voice that Taiki does. Oh, I remember. Wait, like, are you the, saying are you saying Taiki? Yeah, Taiki. Taiki played Taika. 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 Taika so Waititi. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's uh, okay, Mister Waititi. I'm so sorry. Oh, Johnny's not going to cast you in his next film now. No, I'm, I'm just going to say. It, no, it, listen. Anyone, anyone can hit like in this podcast. Just like, oh yeah, these bunch of idiots. They, <laughs> they have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, we um, really, we we really, we really, we 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 asked you this. But the thing about Korg is he doesn't have a character. Like he's just there to be funny. There are a couple of like you know like fairly like you know like chuckly lines where he's like. Another day, another Doug, and it's like okay, um, Doug. but you know, he doesn't really have much to him. Like his first scene's cute, but other than that, like Thor and Loki have a fairly kind of emotional talk, and then Korg comes is like piss off, ghost, and it's like oh, it's just not funny. Like it's just like these comedy moments are really frustrating. But I do think this film, at least, at least, unlike Infinity War and Endgame. It at least recognizes the relationship between Hulk and Black Widow. I love that Hulk pl- sees Natasha's video, and that's what turns him back into Bruce. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a really good little bit of storytelling. They even play the theme from Age of Ultron. That's like that's really good stuff. Oh yeah, Natasha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Story wise, there's nothing to go through really. Like it's just yeah. empty. Yeah, empty. I could say about that. Like, Thor Ragnarok is just a very empty comical film. It's not terrible. It's not doing anything really kind of, like, offensive. It doesn't not understand its characters. It's just there. And, you know, I just kind of sit there and I let it wash over me. And I have no desire to go back to it. You know, like, there are some fun sequences. The The gladiator fight is quite fun. But there's not a lot there. I think I think it's just at the end of the day, it's it's quite average. I mean, it, what are you going to give it out of ten? Okay, visually and some good moments in the film that kind of hold it up. Like the first act, it was horrible. Like there was too many things going on. Four out of ten, off three. I'm gonna just go five again. Like I don't have a like a lot. It doesn't offend me. Oh, and this film. It's too offensive. That that piece of rock. It's like, a rock. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going to get offensive about Cold Man. Oh. Dwayne's coming. Well, it's like I gave Black Widow a four, and this is better than Black Widow. So oh, yeah. I think yeah. I'm going to go five. I, I'm not very, I mean, this doesn't make me excited for Love and Thunder, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny that the film is going to be like Thor exploring himself, but then it's going to be filled with comical stuff. Genuinely, that first trailer for Love and Thunder made me think, okay, okay, here we are. This is it. Like, we're going to genuinely like, explore. And the second trailer, and I'm like, well, never mind. So, hey, I mean, maybe it will still be good. Who knows? But mm. you know what is great, though? Miss Marvel. Oh, I've seen news about it. Like it's got so low viewership. Yes, it's got it's got it's got quite it's got quite low viewership compared to the other ones. But I have to say, it's genuinely really good. I've only watched the first episode, but like I'm really surprised at how good it is. You better give me um give good good content. I can't even speak. You better give me some good content, Marvel, right now, Tom. You, 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 you tell <laughs> ah, me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. You, you, you best. <laughs> but don't worry, John, because next week it's Kenobi time. Yeah. yeah. 
So thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed it, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. We also did the first Thor and Thor The Dark World and we've done many MCU things. And as I said, next week we're going to be doing Kenobi. I'm so excited. I love Uh, it so far. I really hope episode six brings it all home. And the week after that, we're doing Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, So yeah, stay tuned if you want to see all of that. And you can... Give it. You can if you have if you have. I'm a scat man. Um, if you if you have any thoughts about Ragnarok or tell us that you're wrong, tell us your thoughts. Ask us questions on anything. <laughs> you can send us an email. Uh, what what what? <laughs> you just that transition. You're like but 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 I'm a scat man. I like you just went over it quickly. Okay okay. That's gonna keep it snappy. We got, right we got we got five minutes left on this Zoom call. Gotta keep it snappy. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, you can email us outstimefilmpod at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at outstimefilmpod. We just made a load of new thumbnails and they look so sexy. So if you check us out on Instagram, you can see that they look beautiful. Mm, yeah, check them out. And thank you for listening. Be good, be safe. I cannot wait to talk about Kenobi. That is Hell like a yeah. vegan series. Like Hell yeah. and I've been watching Stranger Things. <laughs> just watch the movie. Uh, just you know, if you want to like get some good content from Star Wars, watch it. Just it's and, it's great. Uh, and I'll definitely elaborate this on next week. But if you're one of those people who doesn't like Kenobi, I really think you should give it another watch i've watched every episode three times and i promise every time i watch an episode i'm like "Eh, it was fine i watch it again and i'm like okay actually without the expectations this is better and then i watch it a third time and i'm like okay i see it now i get what you're going for so if you don't like kenobi like i would genuinely say give it another watch um that's my gen that's a general rule of thumb for anything in fact you know expectations can be the worst uh but yeah we'll talk all about kenobi next week that is a that is an Ouse Time Film Podcast guarantee. Yeah, we are so excited to talk about it. So, yeah, if you are so interested for that episode, do subscribe. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, thank you for listening. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.